I remember when I was young, there was a time I was a drummer in school, played in all the bands. I may have mentioned that on this podcast uh, on occasion, but there was a time I remember we did a performance and they put the drum set on a platform. And I just thought, platform, I get to be up above everybody else. They put the drummer on a platform. That was pretty cool, you know. The thing about a platform is, though, um, more people could see you, more people can hear you, and I think that's a good thing. But then I thought, well, boy, you can't make a mistake up there, right? Or if you did make a mistake, it would be magnified because there you are on that platform. Everybody's watching. Hey, this is Tim Patterson. It's the November 23rd edition of Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Uh, so glad you could make it over and have some coffee with us. Indeed. Uh, check out all my books, freebie giveaways, newsletter, and of course, great exhibits at tradeshowguy.net. It's uh, our new hub for all things in the trade show world. You know, several years ago, I heard the term platform, and it was used in a different sense, I think, than you normally associate with it these days. Uh, I think the term platform is kind of too general, but a lot of people use it. So let's talk about platform on uh, this week's uh, podcast. Many people would say that a platform is now often a place you'd associate with some place you are present online. Uh, some of those platforms might include marketplaces, search engines, uh, social media, of course, platforms there, creative content outlets, app stores, communication services, payment systems, services that make up the uh, you know collaborative or gig economy, which means that each of us can have more than one online platform. We can be on more than one platform at any one time. Now, if I were to answer the question, what platforms are you on? Well, there's a lot of them. But the first and most important to my mind is a blog. A blog is different than other platforms in, in one very uh, important way. A blog is something you own. You own the URL, the domain that it's on. You pay for the website so you can put anything on that that you want. You can control the look and feel and content 100%. The other platforms, social media outlets like uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube, you are at the mercy of their rules and their algorithms and so on. I mean, you can be the big dog one day and you're getting tons and tons of traffic from, you know, Google or something like that um, or Facebook. And the next day they've changed something. They've shifted an algorithm and you got nothing. <laughs> uh, so these platforms are not in your control. You can still use them. Uh, frankly, most of these platforms might be uh, that you might be on are, are not in your control. I mean, you can control some things. You can control like the, the header and the, the profile picture and things like that. But mostly it has to be within their format. So why would you want to use a platform which isn't yours, which is really not completely within your control? Very easy. It's because of the network effect, which means that you can reach people you would have otherwise never been able to reach. Kind of like trade shows, right? Uh, you can tell your story to more people on a large platform, even if it isn't yours, than you possibly could on your own blog in most cases. I agree that I suppose some blogs um, you know, can become very, very popular. But even those popular blogs are probably asking readers to share their posts on social media. So what about other platforms I mentioned? Well, you know, you can do other things on platforms. You can take classes. You can learn classes. So it's a learning platform. I think I mentioned that I've been taking video lessons online to learn a piece of audio production software called Logic Pro. There's actually two platforms that I've used. One is uh, uh, Udemy.com and the other was Mac Pro Video, I think. Uh, you can sell, of course. I've got two books for sale on Amazon. It was the easiest platform for me to go on because of the print-on-demand system they had set up through CreateSpace. But interestingly enough, talking about platforms that no longer exist, uh, CreateSpace 
is no more. If you go to createspace.com, it says, uh, we're now uh, completely by, uh, owned by Amazon. What was your address, or your email address, and then we'll get you in touch with your stuff. So it's not there anymore as it used to be. Uh, it's kind of been, you know, subsumed by Amazon, uh, which means, again, it's a platform that uh, I use that I had no control over. Uh, the books that I wrote uh, and published through CreateSpace and put on Amazon are still there. And I suspect they'll be there for quite some time. They make me a few bucks. Uh, but who's to say that won't change if, you know, they aren't selling enough or they decide things are different. It doesn't, doesn't matter what they decide. They could go away and I have to figure out what to do at that point. Uh, you can collaborate with other people online. Uh, of course, I mentioned you can teach a class. You can find a platform to rant about uh, video games or play video games. I have a 19-year-old son that does a lot of online video gaming. He loves it. He just spends time there. He watches videos of people playing games, which I don't get, but that's the way it is. Uh, of course, you can share videos. You can share audio files through podcasts. You can share photographs, Flickr, and so many others. In fact, I doubt there's much of anything you can't find a platform for online it's all there. We're living in a world really where all things seem possible, at least in the network effect and online. And the network effect draws more people into your ideas if they're good ideas and they are shareable. Are they good? That's good. If they're shareable, that means they're on a platform that can be easily shared. But your ideas have to be good enough to attract people and to be good enough to stick with people enough that they want to share them. The other side of everyone having a platform is that anyone can have a platform. It's harder to stand out. It's more difficult to stick your hand up and, and say, hey, I'm over here. But that's uh, that's the thing. There's there's a lot more noise. Uh, like television. Remember? Uh, I, I remember because I'm, I'm old, you know. There used to be three major networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, and a couple of other choices in most markets, like a local channel, maybe independent and the public TV channel. Now, a TV, seriously, is virtually unlimited. Even on cable, there's hundreds of channels. Uh, we still have the same amount of time in a day, which means there are thousands or actually millions. When you, you bring in YouTube and all the channels on YouTube, millions of video outlets are vying for our attention, not to mention everything else, all the podcasts, all the radio that's out there. You know, YouTube is an incredible platform for getting your video out, but there's more. If you go search for video platforms, you find things like Vimeo, uh, Meta Cafe, Daily Motion, Crackle, Twitch. This, this goes on and on. There's there's lots of places to put your videos online, which means you could spend the rest of your life watching videos and never do anything else and not get to more than like, you know, what, a millionth of a percent of the stuff that's online. So you could spend the rest of your life, in fact, looking at historical videos uh, that, that were all uh, produced and, uh, you know, aired or on TV or something or made before like 1970. They're all, uh, there's hundreds of them, thousands of them, maybe millions, archived online. You can go to the Library of Congress. You can go to archive.org. There's just so much out there, and there's a platform for all of it. Everybody, everything has a platform. You can have a platform, uh, anything you want. You just have to get people to come, and that's the challenge. I kind of go back to what uh, Seth Godin has said over and over again. Find the smallest viable audience, the audience that wants what you have, supports you enough to make it worth your while and it's not about money uh very very little about money it could be about you know writing a novel series that has just enough readers to buy the book so that you get to write the next one in the series so they can look ahead to the next book it could be about the musician who finds an audience big enough to show up at live shows and buy enough swag and and cds to pay the cost of expense uh, expenses to give the musician a living doing what they love 
Uh, let's circle back to platforms. I don't think it matters what platform you have because there are so many of them. I mean, do you put your music on YouTube? Do you put it on SoundCloud? Do you create a blog to share ideas? Do you create a Facebook page? Uh, do you go on to medium.com? There's just so many. You just put it on LinkedIn. Uh, some may be better than others, and you may have to move from one to the other. I think the goal, really, as I see it, is to use all the platforms that are out there, the ones that make sense to you, the ones that feel right, that get the response you're looking for, or at least give you enough encouragement to keep moving forward, whether you're a company or a single entrepreneur uh, or self-employed, whatever you are. All right. Uh, this week's trade show tip. You know, I wrote a blog post uh, this week asking the question, why don't trade shows work for some companies and not work for others? Because frankly, a lot of exhibitors do not get the results they would like. I had a conversation with a new client this week uh, about that very uh, topic. One of the ideas we talked about was that because they have a small staff and they're going to a, a handful of shows, try different things in different shows. Experiment. It's kind of a laboratory in a sense. Uh, trade shows uh, are not everything you do will work, but a trade show I think is a good place to experiment. Marketing of all you know is is a place to experiment, but a trade show is very specific. You've got people coming to see the show that are very focused on what it is the show is selling, and if you're part of that show and you're at the right show, then they'll be interested in you. So you know, work on just a couple of things. That's what I suggested. Uh, such as let's ask good questions to get people involved and have a good conversation or collect spe specific information when you generate a lead so that the sales staff or whoever is going to do the follow-up knows exactly who to call, when to call, and why they're calling. Often you get you know leads generated or just scanned badges and it gets back to the sales crew and they go, what do I do with this? I got a name and a number. What do they want? When do they want it? So figure that out. Uh, and then... You know, uh, next time around, focus on something else, like having a really good in-booth activity for visitors or doing some very specific pre-show marketing. So don't try to do all of it all at once, but focus on two or three for each show, figure out what works there, and then move on to a different area. You know, keep working on those earlier ones for the next show, but move on to a different area. So if you look at trade shows as kind of a laboratory experiment, as much as a sales and marketing opportunity, you can open your eyes to trying different things and focusing on improving just a few of the things you're doing instead of trying to do everything, especially with a limited staff, uh, which, you know, is impossible. All right. So this week's uh, One Good Thing, we'll wrap it up. Uh, been listening to a podcast off and on called Skullduggery. It's from Yahoo News. Uh, they're veteran investigative journalist Michael Isakoff and Daniel Claydman. Uh, break news and offer really great analysis and draw very intriguing historical parallels from decades of covering DC scandals. So they're in the mix of it. And they, they have, I mean, this is the time to be covering DC scandals, right? So lots of things going on. And uh, the podcast Skullduggery, I'm not sure how often it comes out, but, but they're there uh, pretty regularly. Every time I seem to go on my podcast app every few days to listen, they got a new one. So uh, check it out. I'll have a link in the show notes. That's it. Have yourself a great week. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to be here. I'm kind of working on my schedule for uh, into December. I know Thanksgiving is this week. And so, you know, you may see me a time or two in December. You may see me every week. You may not see me till January. I'm just kind of taking a little look at that. Maybe take a breather, but we're not going away. Certainly be back in January and you might see me uh, in December as well. So have yourself a great, great Thanksgiving. And if uh, maybe not, uh, I don't see you before then, have a great Christmas too. Anyway. I appreciate you listening to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Again, check out tradeshowguy.net. It's the new place for us.